0: Welcome back to another episode of the Addiction Unlimited podcast. I'm your coach, Angela Pugh. Today, we're talking about three smart strategies for anger management. Have you ever had one of those moments where somebody says something or you read an email and you feel yourself instantly in anger? like your temper is hijacking your life. For me, I can feel my ears get hot. One of my clients said his ears ring, or maybe you feel your face flush, your heart rate elevates, your stomach churns. There are all kinds of indicators. We all know what anger is. We've all experienced it, whether it was just a quick irritation or full-blown rage. Anger is a completely normal often healthy human emotion. Feeling angry can be positive when it motivates you to make positive changes or to stand up for yourself or get out of unhealthy situations. But when it gets out of control, it can also motivate unhealthy behaviors like abuse, whether it's verbal or emotional or physical, Um, isolation, food issues, depression, self-harm, Drinking too much alcohol or taking drugs are ways of coping with anger issues. And you know those will just make you feel worse and likely create bigger problems. But all these behaviors lead to life problems, right? Problems at work, your personal relationships, and it affects your overall quality of life. If you find yourself in some of these unhealthy behaviors, it's a good sign to get some support. And getting support can be a lot of different things. I would first urge you to not be resistant to getting some help, right? I just recently worked with someone that anger was one of their primary triggers with drinking. So it was one of the first things we addressed in their sobriety. And that may seem surprising that I would work with people on anger, But this is why it's personalized coaching that I do, right? Because we work on whatever is happening with you in your life. It's not one size fits all. And this is where some people will be hesitant to seek help because they don't want to do therapy or groups or counseling. And what I want you to hear is there are many ways to get help and many different types of professionals that can help. Sometimes working with a coach or a counselor or therapist isn't even necessarily the best first step. And there are other things you can do that are on your own, educating yourself, collecting information, and then you figure out your next move. So don't get caught up in what you don't want to do. Get focused on what you will do, what you're willing to do. So the first thing we're going to talk about are the different types of anger, and then we're going to get into the three strategies, awareness and recognition, healthy expression and communication, coping strategies, and management. So let's start with the types, and these are pretty self-explanatory. The first one is outward anger, right? That's when it's directed at other people. You find yourself being aggressive towards other people, irritated, all the things. The next one is inward. Your inward anger. You this is when you're like saying mean things to yourself. You take it out on yourself. You hate yourself, you're useless, you don't deserve things. And inward anger will cause you really to shut down. You isolate yourself and you disconnect from the people you love. The last one is that I think probably the majority of people will relate to is passive anger, passive aggression. You've all heard the term passive aggressive. So do you behave passive aggressively towards others? Do you ignore people or refuse to speak to them, right? The silent treatment, everybody knows the silent treatment. Are you sarcastic in a kind of mean way or condescending way? Do you make the comments under your breath. That's passive aggressive. Another big one that I see a lot is two words that I think are so damaging. One is fine and one is whatever. It's like if your person's like, how are you? Fine. What do you want to do? Whatever. (laughs) Like Those words, fine and whatever, those two words, they're so loaded. And maybe it's not those two exact words for you. Maybe you have something else you say, or your partner has something they say, but you know what I'm talking about. They're so loaded because saying like, whatever, that statement really says, I have so much to say. I'm just not going to say it. And it's so unfair because it doesn't give it doesn't give the other person or people or situation, it doesn't give anybody the opportunity to fix anything if you don't tell them what the issue is. That's that passive aggressiveness. And you can be angry at all kinds of things, right? You can be angry at a specific person, your coworker or your boss. You can be angry at an event, like traffic, or when a flight gets canceled. Everybody gets mad when the flight gets canceled for any reason. You can also get angry because you're worrying about things. If you are worrying about personal issues, money issues, relationship issues, job issues, all those things can make you outwardly angry or memories also, memories of traumatic events or memories of past events that really made you angry, right? That remembering things can trigger angry feelings too. And we have a few things that we do to deal with anger, right? You either express it, you suppress it, or calm it. Not everybody who is angry shows it in a really big spectacle, right? Not everybody when you I think when you think of anger, most people think rage and it's these huge outbursts and it's angry and aggressive and mean, but that's not always the case. You also have people that have more inward anger that are just chronically irritable and grumpy, right? They're just always mad, irritated by everything, irritated by everyone. Like nothing ever goes the way they want it to. And again, that's the type of stuff that will cause people to withdraw, especially socially. They won't want to go out and do social things because they just feel mad all the time and they're going to be out in public and be around people and be mad all the time. So it's not worth it. They'd rather stay home, be by themselves because they don't irritate themselves so much. The truth is they really are the main irritator of themselves, but they just take it out on others. Anger also, like every other emotion on the planet, anger can create physical illness. And a lot of people don't understand this, but we do have physical symptoms with depression, anxiety, like any feeling. If you don't deal with your emotions, it will manifest in physical symptoms, aches and pains, headaches, joint problems, back aches. So, Again, when we talk about how much this can affect your overall quality of life, it the impact can be huge. So let's get into the three strategies, right? Like I said, awareness and recognition, healthy expression and communication, and coping strategies. Those are our three smart strategies. We have to start, of course, with awareness and recognition. And if you've been following me for any length of time, you know my premise for life is personal responsibility. It is really understanding who you are, how you are, and how it affects the people around you. You are your responsibility. We don't want to get into pointing fingers and it's their fault because they did this and it's the job's fault. It's my partner's fault. It's because of money. We don't want to be pointing the finger outward because what that does is it gives away your power. And where I want you to be is fully empowered as who you are, knowing that you have a lot of control in all these situations. But it starts with self-awareness. And anger management is no different. It starts with really developing that self-awareness. We have to recognize the signs and triggers that lead us to the anger, right, that are going to get the reaction and that means understanding the physical signs like we talked about a minute ago emotional signs and behavioral signs that indicate anger is coming up and when i think of like the behavioral i think my ex when he would get he would do this with anxiety and anxiety a lot of times will come out as anger because you're just anxious and it just makes you irritable, right? If you're thinking about something, you're stressed about something, you're going to be more irritable. And he would kind of pace and not in like a weird way, but I would just recognize he would be so caught up in his head, so caught up in his thoughts. And he would just kind of be pacing around the house a little bit aimless, you know? And that was a behavioral cue that I was like, oh, okay, maybe he needs some support. So start recognizing some of those things in yourself. But by being aware of the signals, when you have that self-awareness and you recognize the signals, that's what will allow you to then start taking steps to correct it or be different, to make different choices, to handle things differently, to do a better job so you feel better about yourself and how you're doing things and how you're showing up. Remember, self-awareness is understanding who you are, how you behave, and how your behavior affects the people around you. You have to be able to get really honest about that stuff, even if you don't like it. When I got sober, I was shocked at how many things I had to fix. (laughs) You know, not that I thought I was perfect, but I had no idea how many as we say in 12 steps we say character defects right i had no idea how many character defects i had that i really needed to work on from people pleasing and perfectionism and codependence to low self-esteem to anger issues you guys have probably heard me say a thousand times the first thing i worked on in my recovery the first thing i worked on was my temper and just getting my mouth under control because i was very mean that was more stuff i had to work on right That's self-awareness. You're not perfect. You're not going to be a problem-free human. So don't be upset when there are things to work on. This is what makes the journey fun and where you become even more empowered because you get to work on yourself. You get to improve yourself and become a a better version of yourself. That's exciting. But you have to be able to be honest with that self-awareness and really recognize yourself for who and what you are and how you behave and how it affects the people around you. The next one is healthy expression and communication, right? What did I say a second ago? There's only a few ways to deal with any emotions. Really, you express it, you suppress it, or you calm it. We're going to do all of those things throughout this episode, right? And it starts with being able to recognize it, what we just talked about. So learning constructive ways to express, especially anger, is crucial. You don't want to suppress it a lot because you know what happens. We talk about that all the time. People will say, I bottle it up, I bottled up, and then I explode. Well, that's not what we're going for. I do have to suppress a certain extent because for me, it's my mouth, right? Like I can get really mean and condescending. That's the part I have to suppress, I don't have to suppress how i'm feeling i just have to learn how to express it better instead of letting my mouth get the best of me so you practice communication you practice how to communicate what you're feeling you've heard all about i statements this has been a thing in personal development for many years anybody that's been to counseling certainly any sort of relationship or marriage counseling i statements are big This is a game changer. If you get good at this, I didn't learn this until I was in AA. I learned it all there. But I statements, meaning you speak from your experience, right? I call this non-blaming. Yeah, because I'm not a blame person. I don't like getting into blame. It's nobody's fault. We're all a mess. We all play a role in everything. Let's just fix it. I don't give a shit whose fault it is. Let's fix it. There's no fault. We're all at fault. We're all right. And we're all wrong. (laughs) So this is non-blaming language. So instead of saying like, um, so here would be an unhealthy way of thinking about something or saying it, say your partner calls you and says, Hey, I'm going to go out with my friends for happy hour tonight. I'm going to go out with my friends and have a few beers. And that makes you mad. So when they get home later that night, you get into blaming mode, right? Well, you want to go out with your friends and hang out with your friends instead of spend time with me. Well, you just put a whole bunch of assumptions on your partner that they didn't play any role in, right? That's where we put our baggage on somebody else. Here's a healthy way to say that. Like, hey, you know what? When When you said you wanted to go out with your friends, I felt like you would rather be with them than me. And I felt like my feelings were kind of hurt because it felt like you didn't want to spend time with me. You see what I'm saying? You're owning your experience. You're not putting your experience on them or telling them it was their fault or because of them or because of what they said. You're owning your experience. I felt sad. I felt uncomfortable. I felt left out because of the circumstance, right? It's me. This is my experience. I didn't feel great about this. Practicing effective communication can prevent so many misunderstandings and so many conflicts that get fueled and grow into bigger conflicts and they really don't need to. But we get caught up in that blaming. Well, you said this and I did this because you did that. Blaming will get us nowhere right? Own yourself, your behavior, and how it affects others. I also want to say, you guys, as we talk about all of these things, I should probably say this in every episode because, you know, every episode we get into very specific tips, tricks, strategies, how to live life, how to become a better person, how to stay sober, right? But I don't want you to think of these things we talk about as something that like you work on it for a week and then you move on with your life. These are things that are long-term commitments, right? And I worked on communication. I studied relationships and communication diligently for a long time. And I practiced those skills. It took a long time. Now that doesn't mean that I'm sitting all day every day and that's all I'm doing. Right? I have a life. But I just don't want you to think of these issues and these struggles like everything I named off before, people pleasing, perfectionism, low self-esteem, anger management, like these aren't quick things that you just work on for a minute and you're fixed. This stuff is long-term. So think of it as long-term and start figuring out how can I practice this throughout my day? How can I remind myself that I want to be practicing this throughout my day? Start with little tiny changes that grow into big changes. But I just want you to understand these are long-term, right? Really think about it long-term. Don't expect super fast results because life doesn't work that way and personal growth certainly doesn't work that way. We're in it for the long haul, and you will see rewards. You will see improvements, no question, but you have to be dedicated. Okay. So you may be wondering, how do I work on this? How do I become less angry? Let's get into the coping strategies. So like we talked about before, You know, anger is often linked to stress and frustration. All those things kind of go together, anxiety, worry, anything internal, and then external situations and people. Developing healthy coping strategies and stress management is essential for happiness. If you want to be happy, if you want to stay sober, you have to know how to deal with things. And there are all the things you already know about, right? Exercise, deep breathing exercises, meditation, hobbies, all of those things are fantastic. And by addressing the underlying stressors, this is what will help you manage anger and also build a little bit of resilience so that you're not so quick to react in an angry situation. And I want to give you three super simple, fast, effective techniques that you should be using a few times a day, no matter what. And if you recognize yourself in a lot of these things that we're talking about, and you have some anger issues, I definitely did. When I was newly sober, that was one of the things I had to work on because I was a very angry human. So if you recognize yourself in this, you guys, you have to be doing these things all the time. I do these, I take these actions all day, every day. I'm doing little things throughout my day because I need to keep my anxiety and stress baseline as low as humanly possible. Because the shit is going to hit the fan. It's the nature of life, it will always throw you a curveball. There is never a moment of rest from life. And if my baseline is at an eight and the shit hits the fan, I'm skyrocketing to an 11 or 12. But if my baseline is a two or a three and the shit hits the fan, I'm only jumping up to like a five. That is a much more manageable space to live in. This is the same strategy I tell you about staying sober you have to keep your baseline manageable because then you have a better ability to deal with the curveballs when life throws them. You have a better ability to deal with a craving when it pops up. You have a better ability to deal with discomfort of any sort when you keep your baseline low. So these are things that I'm doing all day long throughout my day, They take seconds, literally can be a minute or less. It can be a little bit longer if you're an overachiever. But number one is deep belly breaths. You hear me say it probably on every episode, deep belly breaths. This is scientifically proven. You breathe. If you breathe shallow just into your chest, this actually increases your anxiety. It does not provide relief. That's why I always say deep belly breaths. You breathe in through your nose all the way down to your belly button. Expand your entire belly, deep belly breaths. Do that a few times. I do this a hundred times a day. I just stop, close my eyes for a second, deep belly breaths. And then the next one is repeat a calm word or a phrase. This is exactly what I do. Close my eyes, deep belly breaths, like, okay, relax. We've got this. Take it easy it's all good, we can figure this out. And those two things together, game changer. I do this at least three times a day. The last one is visualization. Use imagery. If you feel yourself getting amped up, if you feel your anxiety on the rise or your stress level is going up, your temper is getting is going up, visualize a relaxing experience. Either something that's completely imagined or an actual memory. One of my favorites is I was in Mexico many years ago in Tulum and we were right on the beach. It was so freaking beautiful. And there was this like outdoor bed with a canopy over it. And I was laying there and the sound of the ocean and the birds, in the wind. I mean, it was, it's one of my favorite memories in my life. So when I feel my stress and anxiety going up, if I'm triggered in some way, if I'm getting pissed off because things won't go my way, because really honestly, that's what we usually get mad about because somebody's not doing what we want or something's not going the way we want it to. When I feel those things happening, I'll stop and remember that moment laying on that outdoor bed with the canopy, chilling. It was beautiful, the smells, the birds, the everything. So use that imagery to relax yourself. Again, these are three things that are so effective that you can do in a matter of seconds. You don't need to leave the room. You don't need any special equipment, right? Deep belly breaths, repeat calming words or phrases, And use that visualization of a relaxing experience. This will bring you way down. That'll bring that baseline down in a heartbeat. So another thing is to change how you think. Angry people tend to demand things. They tend to be very demanding. And you'll understand this as I get deeper into it. Not demanding like, I want this, give me this. Not in that way, right? But demanding emotionally. Like they demand fairness, like everything should be fair. I can't believe this is happening to me. You know, that sort of, or um, appreciation. They can be very demanding that they be appreciated or respected. They can demand agreement. Like really, you know, you get caught up. I know you're going to relate to this. Either you do it or somebody you know does it, but you get so caught up. You get so upset if somebody disagrees with you. Like people aren't allowed to have freedom of thought and have their own opinions. But you get, we do this really bad in relationships and arguments, right? Where you want to be right and you want the other person to agree with you and tell you you're right. That's anger. Another kind of demanding thing in angry people is they demand that you do things their way. This is a little perfectionism too. Everything has to be my way. Everything has to be just right, just the way I want it to, or I'm not happy. So those are some things to be aware of. But again, I don't want you listening to this and and pointing out everybody else's character flaws. I want you listening to this and looking at yourself internally and how you can improve because you are your responsibility. Nobody else is your responsibility. You don't need to tell everybody what's wrong with them. You don't need to teach them. This is for you to look inside yourself. So what happens is things don't go their way. They have all these expectations of life and everyone, and when things don't go their way, they feel disappointed. But that disappointment really will come out as anger. So again, this is having some self-awareness. See what you're doing. Another piece of this is get logical. You can't have these crazy expectations and demands on the whole world to behave the way you want them to. You can't walk into every situation and have an expectation that it go exactly how you want it to. And then when it doesn't go your way, you're mad. That's not logical. You have to have some flexibility that everything isn't going to go your way. And that's okay. We can survive all of this and we can grow and be better people for it. Also, don't always assume that something happens. This is a little victim mindset. And you've heard me talk about this a lot too, because I used to be really bad at this too. And I'm sure you can relate to that you assume that everything happens to ruin your day. Oh my God, this always happens to me. Everything happens to me, right? That's so not true. Or thinking that people are doing things just to piss you off. I can't believe they talked to me like that. I can't believe they did that. Don't they know that that screwed up my whatever, whatever, whatever. Everything isn't about you that was one of my most challenging lessons <laughs> everything isn't about me everything isn't about you everything doesn't happen because of you or to irritate you so don't always assume that there's malintent in everything or that you're the victim of everything because that's just not the case give yourself a little reality check when you start to get upset about something take a moment and think about the situation And Ask yourself a few questions. Um, How important is this in the grand scheme of things? Is this really worth me getting super upset about? I just had this conversation with a client the other day. He had something, his wife wanted him to do it a certain way, and he would prefer to do it another way. And They weren't fighting about it, but that's the conversation we had. I said, well, the first thing you got to figure out is, is it that big of a deal? Like, is it okay to do it the other way? And you're really cool with that. It's not impeding on your independence or going against your beliefs, right? Like sometimes we just take one for the team. It's called compromise. So think in the grand scheme of things, how important is this? Do I really need to get that upset? Does it really need to be a big deal? Or is this like a little thing and we can just leave it a little thing? Is it worth ruining the rest of my day? This is something too that we, our thought process can get really out of whack. And we think if one bad thing happens at noon, the rest of our day is ruined. But really, maybe only like 15 minutes just didn't go your way. Maybe nothing was ruined at all. (laughs) Like your next 10 hours don't need to be ruined, right? So just think about is this worth ruining the rest of my day? Do I really need to put a bunch of energy in this and be mad all day long? Is that really what I want? Is that how I want my day to go? Is that how I want to feel? Another really big one is, ask yourself, is my response appropriate to the situation? Because oftentimes, especially if you struggle with anger, your response can be really out of proportion. I had this situation a few months ago, going somewhere, meeting a group of people, and we walk in, and we were told we were going to put our stuff in one place, and we got there, and they're like, oh, actually, we're not putting your stuff over there. We're going to put your stuff over here. And most of the group was like, oh, okay, cool, you know, kind of weird, but okay, yeah, we can do that. And one person in the group was like, oh, no, I will not. And it's like, whoa, whoa, ease up, you know, like... It was not a situation to get angry about, right? That response didn't fit the situation. So ask yourself that. Is how I'm responding to this appropriate? Does the response match the size of the situation and get it all right-sized? And then the last thing, question, is Is there anything I can do about it? You know, it can really be a waste of energy to get mad at other people for not doing what you want them to or not saying what you want them to. And and this varies in different situations. You have to be able to use these principles in your own life appropriately, too. But you can't control people is the point. And you can't control outcomes, You can make good decisions for yourself. You can set great boundaries for yourself and you can have the flexibility to roll with life. That's how you get through it, but you can't control things. So really thinking like, is there anything I can do about this, right? If it's something as simple as you have dinner plans at six and whoever you're going to dinner with says, can we do it at 630? listen, I'll be honest with you. I was so unhealthy. That's something that I would have lost my mind over. If it was my boyfriend, especially, I would have lost my mind over that because I was just so unhealthy in so many ways. And I was a control figure that would be control for me. You know, like, oh, now it's 6.30 instead of six and they don't respect my time. And, you know, like I could have really played into that and thrown a fit but is there anything I can do about it? Well, now I understand like who even cares? Like it's 30 minutes. Also, I just don't want to be mean to my person. You know, I have no desire to be unkind to my person. I like to treat my person the same way I treat my best friend with respect and kindness and flexibility and grace and all of those things. So now I'm a whole different human. So, is there anything I can do about it? Maybe I can meet him there instead of him picking me up. Maybe that will help. You know, but thinking it through, is this something that really is completely out of my control, which makes it not worth putting your energy into? Or is there something that you can do, compromise, make it better, right? It's a little problem solving. The last thing I'll talk about is be willing to forgive. Okay. Healing. And growing into a better version of yourself is impossible if you are unwilling or unable to forgive. You get resolution when you release all of the anger and emotional attachment to things. You get resolution when you no longer want to punish the person or situation for whatever happened especially things in the past, because we don't have a time machine. We can't go back and change things, right? But we will get caught up. We'll get caught up in this urge to punish. I want to hang on to this a little bit longer. I want to give you the silent treatment a little bit longer. I want to withhold love and affection from you a little bit longer. I'm going to not speak to my coworker all week because that one thing they did or said you get to heal and grow and get resolution to these issues when you no longer hang on to that urge to punish. Because really all it's doing is draining you and your energy and affecting your quality of life. And a lot of times it's just not worth it. It really isn't. So if you need to listen to this episode again, definitely do. We covered a lot of material in here a lot of great strategies, really pretty simple stuff that you can start putting into play immediately. If you're anything like me, my anger was something I really had to work on to stay sober. I spent so much of my life so angry about things that happened to me, how I was treated, and a lot of those things are out of your control, right? Like I don't have any control over trauma and, you know, parental things when I was a kid. Like I don't there's nothing I can do about that stuff. But the anger I had about it was destroying me. And that's what I drank over was all of that discomfort and angst I had on the inside. So it was imperative for me to stay sober and then also to be able to grow and evolve into the person I am today that I'm incredibly proud of. I had to work on all this stuff. Anger is a normal part of being a human being but sometimes it can get out of hand. And if you're feeling like you're angry more often than not, or if you've hurt someone you love with harsh words or actions, you might benefit from practicing some of these anger management skills. And just know you're not alone in this journey. If you would like to work with me personally, you can apply to the Renew You personalized coaching program. I'd love to hear from you and see if we're a fit. You can do that at addictionunlimited.com forward slash call, and I will link that in the show notes so you can get there right from your podcast app. This is such normal stuff to have to deal with. I don't want you to feel alienated or like there's something wrong with you. We all have these issues. It's okay. Let's just work on it so you can feel better and improve your life. That's the important part. So again, if you need to go back and listen to this episode a second time, definitely do that. Share it with a friend if you want to, if you think they would benefit. I hope you're having a fantastic day and I will see you next week